Friends, good morning. My name is James. I'm one of the pastors here. It's my privilege to lead us this morning as we spend a few moments together in the Lord's Word. So I invite you to turn with me to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5. We're in the second week of our mini-series on time. Last week we thought together about making more time. This week we're going to reflect together on how we spend our time. So we're going to leap off into this topic from Ephesians chapter 5. I'll read verse 15 through to the end of verse 21. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. The Gospel Guide to Time, Week 2, Spending Time. My life is is busy, kind of crazy busy, and I don't say that just to have some sort of sense of self-importance. I feel more just like I'm stating facts, right? I live in the town with the second worst commute in the nation. I'm trying to keep up with email and on top of world events. I'm trying to spend time with my wife. I'm trying to struggle through raising four children and all the sports and the concerts and the homework. I'm trying to remember to pay my bills and fix that faucet and get my taxes done and call my mother and do all sorts of other things that need to get done. And I'm not really looking for sympathy. Why? Because your life is just as bit as crazy as mine. You're trying to remember to do all those things and more. Get the dry cleaning and remember to get a card for your brother's birthday. And, you know, on and on and on the list goes. Plan that date, plan that anniversary, so on, so on, so forth. The pace of contemporary life is frenetic. Because of that, we're taking some time to think about time. Last week, we thought about how we can make more time. Specifically, we thought about the seven deadly sins we should all avoid in order to make more time. This week, we move on to spending time, and we don't have seven deadly sins. Instead, we have ten commandments. Ten commandments we should all obey if we want to spend our time wisely. So let's enjoy these moments as we work through them together. The first commandment when it comes to spending our time is maybe a little bit counterintuitive when we think of our our busy context and that the first commandment is this, thou shalt be busy. Thou shalt be busy. The reason we are busy is because we were made to be busy. We were made for it. Think back to Genesis 1 where the Lord places Adam and Eve in the garden and he commands them to cultivate it. He commands them to work the garden and take care of it. Then he lifts the horizon to the entire world and says that they are to fill the earth and subdue it. Adam and Eve must have looked at each other and thought, we've got a lot of work to do. We've got a lot of work to do and so it is for us today. If you have creativity or ambition or love, then you will be busy. And we were designed 
for it. We're supposed to work and think and play and dream and enjoy friendships and sing and have sex and pray and be busy. We've been designed to have full lives. It's not a sin to be busy. The problem is the kind of things that we get busy with. So when we're busy with selfish ambition or overworking or idolatry, that's when the problems come in. But busyness itself is not the problem. You and I were designed to be busy. It's good to go to bed tired. Commandment number one, thou shalt be busy. Second though, and related to this one, because it helps us be busy with the right things, commandment number two, thou shalt also remember that all your time... All your time belongs to God. All your time belongs to God. Now, that sounds like a fairly obvious point, but it's not normally how we think about time. Normally, we divide time into chunks. So you have work time, you have family time, you have free time, and there's nothing wrong with that so long as you remember that it's all God's time. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all of its inhabitants. I'm reminded of that great Abraham Kuyper quote when he says, There is not a square inch in the whole domain of human existence over which Christ, who is Lord of all, does not say, Mine. Well, in the same way, there is not a spare second in the whole realm of human existence over which Christ, who is Lord of all, does not say, Mine. All that we have and all that we are belongs to him. And this includes our time. And so we don't want to spend our time like it's our time. Don't spend your time like it's your time. It's all God's time. We're always on the clock. Whether at work, with family, in free time. We're always stewarding the time that the Lord has given to us. And so because it belongs to him, we want that to impact how we think about it. How does God want you to spend this day? How does God want you to spend this afternoon? What does God want you to do with the next hour or so? We allow that reality to frame our thinking. Remember, all your time belongs to God. Commandment number three, really flowing from these first two, if we're meant to be busy and all our time is God's time, then commandment number three, thou shalt make the most of each day. Thou shalt make the most of each day. If we're meant to be busy and it belongs to God, it makes sense that we would try to get the most of it. Now, I'm not going to go on some kind of uh, carpe diem rant here, but it is worth our remembering that if the Lord has gifted us this day, we want to make the most of this gift. Imagine, for example, that you have a a rich benefactor. And every morning when you wake up, uh, he has placed $86,400 in an account for you. The only catch is that whatever remains unspent at the end of the day is withdrawn and you can never get your hands on it again. Uh, How are you going to approach that money? You're going to make sure to spend every single penny every single day. Well, in the same way, when you and I woke up this morning, the Lord had given us 86,400 seconds. And when the day is gone, they're gone. We can't get them back. We can't recover them. We can't recuperate them. They're, They're gone. And so we want to be a people who make the most of every single second. Donald Whitney says, if people threw away their money as thoughtlessly as they throw away their time, We would think them insane 
Yet time is infinitely more precious than money because money can't buy time. We want to make the most of each day, be thoughtful, be purposeful, plan the week ahead, plan the day ahead. Then don't let trivial pursuits get in the way. Thou shalt make the most of each day. It's time for a little balance though, and that comes to us in commandment number four. All this talk of busyness, all this talk of making the most, we also need to remind ourselves, commandment number four, that thou shalt accept thy limitations. Accept your limitations. God created you to be busy, but he didn't create you to do everything. See, we live in a world with unparalleled access to information and opportunities, and an unparalleled number of things clamor for our attention and clamor for our affections. And it's worth reminding ourselves, is it not, that even Jesus didn't do it all. You know, there were sick people who went unhealed. There were times that he left in order to go preach in in new times. There were times when he didn't have anything to do with anyone because he was retreating to, to pray. Uh, He spent 30 years preparing for ministry and then only three years in ministry. Even Jesus didn't do it all. He did not try to do it all and yet he did do everything God asked him to do. He didn't do it all but he did everything God asked him to do. And sometimes I wonder when we look at our busy schedules, when we look at the craziness of our lives, particularly for those of us who might be very involved in the life of the church, whether we're trying to do more than God is asking us to do. Trying to do more than God is asking us to do. Yes, God calls you to care about your work and your family and abortion and homelessness and racial reconciliation and hunger and refugees and cancer and access to clean water and Kibera and sex trafficking and all of these things. But he doesn't call us all to do something about them all right now. Our sphere of concern will always be larger than our sphere of influence. And so more on this next week, but for now, we need to not feel perpetually guilty about not doing enough. We are finite beings and we need to embrace that. You may not be able to do everything, but you may be able to do everything that God has asked you to do. Thou shalt accept thy limitations. Number five flows from this too. So if we're meant to be busy, but we also need to accept our limitations, then number five, we must learn to prioritize. Thou shalt prioritize. Ephesians 5. Look carefully then how to walk, making the best use of the time. The best use of the time. See, most of us get caught up in what we call the tyranny of the urgent. We get caught up in things that seem urgent, but aren't actually that important. Urgent versus important. So in in the morning, uh, you wake up and you know the pressures of email beat out quiet time with the Lord. In the afternoon, you spend time with the urgency of putting out a fire or dealing with a complaint and not working on that important project. When the evening comes, the urgency of the, the television news beats out the importance of having family dinner together. Things that are urgent overwhelm what's truly important, but in the long run, we'll have wished it was the other way around. We'll have wished that we prioritized the important over the urgent. And so my question this morning is this. What's important to you? What are your, your values? What kind of life do you want to have lived? 
When you look back, how do you wish that you had spent your time? And then second question is, take a look at your schedule. Does your schedule mirror these values? Does it mirror these priorities? Are you really living in a way that you will be able to look back and say that you'd spend time on those things that mattered most? Life for us doesn't happen by accident. Whether it's spending time with family or serving a neighbor or saving for college or the routine things of day-to-day life, we've got to be intentional about them. And then prioritize these intentions. Say no to things that get in the way of them. Say yes to the things that, that foster them. Dreams aren't realized with the time you have left over at the end of the day. And so because of that, thou shalt prioritize. Number six, and six is really a caveat to number five. I'm saying we're all crazy busy. That's a good thing, but we need to learn to prioritize. Then, though, comes number six, which is thou shalt also, as you prioritize, remember to expect the unexpected. Thou shalt expect the unexpected. Be thoughtful, yes. Plan, yes. Schedule, yes. And remember that we have no idea what tomorrow will bring. Proverbs 29, many are the paths in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. I often find um, God has a plan for my day that he hasn't bothered to tell me about. You know that feeling? He has a plan for the day, but he just didn't let me know. And it turns out, I'm just a man under orders. You and I, We're just men and women under orders. We're not so much about following our plans as we want to be about following his plan for us. Great quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer on this. He says, we must be ready to allow ourselves to be interrupted by God. Who will thwart our plans and frustrate our ways time and again, even daily, by sending people across our path with their demands and requests. We can then pass by them preoccupied with the more important tasks. Just as the priest, perhaps, reading the Bible, passed by the man who had fallen among robbers. God's way, and not our own way, is what counts. See, the goal for us as believers in Jesus Christ isn't so much to write that great to-do list and then by the end of the day make sure that we've checked them all off. The goal as believers in Jesus Christ is to keep in step with the Spirit. To walk with the Spirit, to go where he leads, to be willing to be led where where, where he would go. I thought you might find at the end of the day, you didn't accomplish everything that was on your list, but you've accomplished everything that was on his list for you. Thou shalt expect the unexpected. Number seven, a practical thing that really frees up some time for the unexpected. Thou shalt also schedule margin. Thou shalt schedule margin. Uh, Many of us operate at the capacity of our time and at the capacity of our energy. Always on the go, always on the move, always busy. We've bitten off more than we can chew and we still have more than a plate's full. And so what we need to do is challenge ourselves. If you already don't know, do you already not know how you're going to get everything done this week? If you're already in that place, the week hasn't even begun, it's possible that you're not scheduling enough 
margin. Engineers design a majority of machines with what they call a duty cycle. This is the amount of time that this machine can run each day in order for it to run optimally. And if it runs beyond this, then it tends to overheat or wear out or break down. Well, it turns out that the human machine really isn't all that different. We weren't designed to operate at 100% 100% of the time. You and I don't have what it takes to operate at 100%, 100% of the time. We need moments of downtime, moments of rest, moments of quiet every single day. So here's the best advice I can give you. Schedule to do everything your mother ever told you to do. Right? Eat right. Sleep more. Exercise. Spend time with friends. Have a meaningful hobby, some kind of meaningful novelty. Have time alone, a time to be with yourself and just in yourself. And do these simple things every single week. Plan them, schedule them, get them on the calendar so that when other things come up, you say, no, these priorities are here and are important to me. Thou shalt schedule margin. Number eight is related to scheduling margin, not so much on a daily basis, but more on a weekly basis. As our Lord Jesus said, number eight, thou shalt Sabbath like a boss. Thou shalt Sabbath like a boss. Many of us in this area work like bosses, and the Bible will tell us that's good, but you should also rest like bosses too. God made us to be busy, but he also made us to rest. And he modeled this kind of rest for us in creation. And then so important to him is this Sabbath principle that he encoded it in one of the real Ten Commandments. Exodus 20 verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days, he says, you have to labor and work. The seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord and on it you shall not do any work. Isn't that fascinating that he made this One of the the Ten Commandments. Imagine you're at Sinai and God appears and he says, I'm about to give you the Ten Commandments. Uh, Guess what they are, right? Let's play. Guess, 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 right? And you're like, well, uh, murder. That'll be in there, right? And uh, lying. Yeah, sure. And adultery. That's got to be one of them, yeah? Um, I am thinking that you would not guess that one of the Ten Commandments is take a day off. Take a day off. I didn't see that coming. What a thing for the Lord to do. That up in heaven he's saying, here are the things that you must and must not do. Yes, murder. Don't do that. Right? Adultery. Bad idea. Lying. Stop it. And take a day off. Take a day off? That's one of his commands to us. And yes, the answer comes. We're to make the most of every day working hard. But we're also to make the most of the Sabbath day by resting heart. The internal spiritual dynamics that make this possible for us is to remember that Sabbath and rest are really acts of of humility and, and more than that, acts of worship. Because we Sabbath, we rest, we stop. When we come to the Lord and we say, God, I'm not in control of the world. You are in control of the world. And I'm not in control of my life. You're in control of my life. 
And for me, I'm not in control of this church. You're in control of this church. And for you, I'm not in control of my job. You're in control of my job. And I can't keep the plates spinning and I can't keep the balls up in the air and I can't keep everything going. I don't have to hold all of the cosmos together because you are the one who does that. So even though there's things on my desk, they'll still be there on Monday. I am leaving to Sabbath as an act of trust that you are in control. And when you say that, God says, well done. Well done. Well done. Thou shalt Sabbath like a boss. Two more. As we get into the spiritual dynamics of how we spend our time, I'll start with number nine. Thou shalt spend time with the Lord daily. Spend time with the Lord daily. Every single day. See, I think for, for many of us, the idea of a quiet time, of a devotional time with the Lord, has become a little bit like flossing. Um, you know you're meant to do it every day, but like only fanatics actually do that every day, you know? And so for many of us, we've sort of drifted from this practice, but nothing will shape your soul and direct your life like spending time with the Lord every single day. Nothing will shape your soul, determine who it is that you are, or direct your life, determine what you do with your time, as much as spending time with the Lord daily. See, so many of us struggle, and you can probably resonate with this, so many Christians struggle with believing in God. I believe in God. You believe in God. I'm believing in in Jesus, believing in him as your savior. I I believe in him as my savior. You believe in him as your savior. And we, we really do, and yet live so much of the Christian life feeling kind of disconnected from him. Not really aware of his presence or his pleasure on on a daily basis. Not really finding that our walk with him is shaping every single aspect of our lives. Feeling distant, feeling disconnected. Well, the antidote to that is to spend time with him daily. I can't tell you how important this has been to me, especially over the last couple of months as I've just struggled through some things. You know, in so many ways, I am incredibly blessed. I have an amazing wife, an amazing family. I have a great church that has been such a support to me. I've got great friends. I've got a great counselor. I've got so many resources at my disposal. And none of them have been as important to my healing as spending time with the Lord daily. I'm working through the Psalms just now. This is what I tend to do when I'm depressed because David is like way more depressed than I've ever been. And so it kind of makes me feel better about myself, you know? Like, at least I'm not David, you know? <laughs> Sucks to be him. Um, and each day I found deposits of strength and grace as I come to his word. I've got time, so let me give you today's one, okay? Um, working through the Psalms, I'm now up to uh, Psalm 68, okay? Um, How good is this verse? Psalm 68, verse 19. I read it this morning, especially in the context of losing an hour's sleep. It says, Blessed be the Lord who daily bears us up. God is my salvation. Blessed be the Lord who daily bears us up. God is my salvation. And so you see how this starts to shape my soul and direct my paths. Because now I wake up, and at first, you know, I'm, I'm sort of groggy with the day. 
But then I turn and I pull out the Bible and I read his word and I'm no longer thinking, oh, it's early, oh, it's dark, oh, it's cold, oh, I've got an hour less sleep, oh, I need some coffee, oh, I've got to go. Oh. I'm thinking, oh, blessed be God, who daily, like this day, bears me up. God is my salvation. You see what's happening there is my soul is being formed by that word but my, the, the way I use my time is also changing I'm thinking a different set of thoughts I'm living, I'm living a different life because <laughs> I'm spending time in his, in his word and so we can't overestimate the priority and importance of these daily deposits of strength and grace that we get from spending time alone with him. If this is the discipline you've not formed, don't feel guilty, don't feel stressed, but just start small. Don't overcomplicate it. All you need to do is read a chapter in his word. Maybe jot down a couple thoughts that come to mind as you do, or questions that come to mind as you do. And then spend just a few moments praying about what you've read offering your day up to him. It can take you 10 minutes or less. The point isn't to make it you know, convoluted and, and difficult and complicated and have all kinds of commentaries on, on, on the go. Just take a few moments to be with him at the start of the day and just see what difference it makes to your life. If you want to use your time wisely, thou shalt spend time with the Lord. Tenth and finally, as we wrap up this sermon, this one, makes sense, especially in light of our title, A Gospel Guide to Time. If you want to spend your time wisely, number 10, thou shalt remember the gospel. The gospel. What do I mean in this context? Well, simply put, we must never forget that in the gospel, being precedes doing. What does that mean? It means who you are in Christ precedes what you do for Christ. Why did Jesus come? Friends, he didn't come to live, die, rise, and ascend in order that we might become, you know, organizational wizards and time management gurus so that we would become more effective, efficient, productive sinners. Right? Wow, productivity skyrocketing. These guys are really getting after this sin thing, right? That was not his goal. Jesus came to live and die and rise and ascend to be our savior. To be our savior. And the gospel says that his furious love has come and that it's knocked us to the ground and that it's changed our lives and in fact our eternities. And this gospel must become the focus of our inner lives. That the earth shaking reality that God loves you must become the focus of your inner life because that is what will dictate how you spend your time. Jesus put it this way when he says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. And the way to live that abundant life isn't through some practical tips and suggestions. All the practical advice in the world is meaningless if it doesn't find a home in a heart that's been changed by his grace. A heart that's been changed by his grace. You can only flourish in Christ once you have been freed by Christ. And so we make his love the focus of our inner lives. We meditate on it. And we figure out, what does it mean to live this day like I am truly loved by God? What difference would that make 
to your day? What fears would dissipate? What courage would embolden you? What tasks would seem frivolous? What priorities would become important? Remember the gospel. Make it the focus of your inner life and the rest will take care of itself. Number 10, thou shalt remember the gospel. Okay, we're done. Ten commandments for spending our time. One, thou shalt be busy. Two, remember all your time belongs to God. Three, make the most of each day. Four, accept your limitations. Five, prioritize. Six, expect the unexpected. Seven, schedule time for margin. Eight, Sabbath like a boss. Nine, spend time with the Lord daily. Ten, remember the gospel. What do you think? Which ones jump out at you? Which one of these do you really need to take with you this week and try and put them to practice in your life? Which ones do you disagree with? Or or which ones might you add to this list? The goal is for each of us to be thoughtful and intentional about how we use our time. Jesus has brought us freedom. He has bought us freedom. And this freedom has huge implications for what we do with our lives. So walk with him this week as you leave from here, asking that he'll enable you to make the most of whatever time you have left. Let's pray together. Father, we give you thanks and praise that your word addresses the temporal, but also the eternal. The temporal in that it gives us wisdom, not just self-help, not just practical tips, not just good ideas, but, but wisdom that we might live well and make the most of the time that you have given us. But we thank you for more than that, Lord, that your word doesn't just address the temporal, but also addresses the eternal Uh, not by showing us what we need to do, but by showing us what Jesus has done, that we might find forgiveness full and free for all the ways we've wasted our time and, and, and more, and find that we will live with you in that land beyond time in eternity itself. So uh, walk with us till that great day, we pray in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.